Hello and welcome to At Home with Dylan Rogers, the show where we like to go behind the scenes with South Africa's top sports stars and get a sense of just who they are as personalities. Today we talk the sport of skateboarding, something a little different. And as of next year at the Tokyo Olympics, it'll be an Olympic sport for the very first time. And with us today, South Africa and Africa's top skateboarder, Brandon Voljalo, based in Johannesburg, a 22-year-old. Brandon, thanks very much for joining us. So give us a sense of how lockdown has affected you and your ability to skate and, uh, and practice your skateboarding. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me on your show, Dylan. Um, and just to, to start off, I would like to say that you know, skateboarding pretty much has given me everything and it's been the reason why I've been waking up ever since I was a little kid, you know. Um, but lockdown, um, the way it's affected me, I would say, is that I would have already been skating at the Tokyo Olympic Games. I would have had one Olympics under my belt already, um, which would have been over the period of the beginning of August. Um, so, I mean, to be honest, like it definitely put a big stop to my whole career and what I was doing with my travels and going overseas and skating the whole Olympic circuits and whatnot. Um, but other than that, you know, I have a backyard skate park at home. So lockdown didn't necessarily affect me negatively. It really gave me more time just to focus on skating my park and work on tricks that I'm not really too comfortable with at the moment. So I think lockdown in the long run, yes, it has like um, ruined the season for 2020 and definitely you know, made me um, miss out on the Tokyo 2020 games, um, but they have postponed it to next year. And I feel like that's an opportunity to put more time and effort into preparing for 2021. Now let's uh, let's just backtrack a bit and get a sense of your background and, and your entry into, into skateboarding. You are a professional skateboarder. Um, is it something you're able to do full time? Um, so at the moment, yes, I'm doing it full time um, with the backing of all my sponsors that are supporting me going forward. And Pretty much the way I did it in the beginning was uh, traveling, competing on the European circuits and the World Cup skateboarding circuits and also the FIS World Series circuits. And, you know, it was just a way of me winning prize money to continue going to the next competitions and to keep moving forward. And, you know, uh, I think at the end of the day, it's the travel, uh, traveling and skating and the memories and meeting new people and networking. At the end of the day, that's the stuff that will always stick with me forever. Um, so... I feel like, yeah, it is what I'm doing full-time at the moment, um, but let's see what the future holds. I believe you're also studying part-time uh, a marketing qualification. Is that with a view that your skateboarding career has a certain shelf life? Uh, give us a sense of, you know, you know, it's obviously a young man's sport or a young woman's sport. Uh, do you have a window you think you, you, you've got to, to make it in skateboarding before perhaps you have to go out into the real world? Yes, 100%. So obviously skateboarding is a high impact sport and it definitely takes a toll on your body. Um, so for skateboarders, normally before we started getting into becoming more of an athlete and it was just more of a cultural aspect of a sport, um, we have now started getting to the point where we're training and we, we're working and we're making sure our bodies are healthy and we're eating healthily and we're working out and making sure that our bodies are as strong as possible also just working on stretching and staying healthy, you know? Um, so that's definitely the ways that we have been able to prolong our career um, just by making sure that our bodies can handle the impact that we, we put our bodies and all the constraints that we put our bodies under. Um, so I would say the window um, of skateboarding, you're going to be at the peak of your career within your 20s. So I would say between 20 years old to 26, 27, 
that's like your peak of your career. And that would be where your body is at its strongest. Um, but then after that, depending on how you treat your body and if you stretch a lot and you work out a lot and you eat healthily, I think that you'll be able to prolong that career till about 33, 34, 35. There's still some guys that are compete with at the moment that are around 33, 34 that are still going and competing. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's definitely just for each athlete, how they treat their body. Um, but with my whole online marketing degree, yeah, I'm doing a online marketing degree through IMM. I'm actually sitting with all my textbooks over here at the moment, but it definitely is. It's um, once my skateboarding career is over, I'm definitely going to have to get into the mindset of getting into the real world and working a proper job or starting my own business in the near future. So, so let's break down what it takes to be a professional skateboarder, Brandon. So give us a sense of, you know, how many hours a day you, you train for. You mentioned the stretching, the, the, the nutrition. Perhaps give us those key elements in, in what a professional skateboarder does almost Monday to Friday or Monday to Sunday and, 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 and bring us closer to, to what that entails. So for me at the moment, I basically wake up in the morning and I'll do an hour of stretching and I'll make sure I'll stretch, foam roll. I'll do a little bit of a small workout just to get my body working. Um, then I'll eat a nice healthy breakfast, generally a lot of eggs in the morning because I need the protein to get yeah. my day started. Um, and then after that, it would be pretty much the whole day from about 10 or 9 a.m. all the way until 5, 6 p.m. So I would say around like seven hours of training, seven, eight hours of training every single day where I'll have like a small little lunch break in between. And it's just really focusing and practicing and it's just like at the end of the day when I was in school I learned like a parrot and I felt like that was the way I passed my exams and tests and all that so all I can do in the skateboarding aspect that I've realized is if I train and I practice those tricks over and over and over again that I'll be able to even do them in my sleep and at the end of the day for competition skateboarding I feel like that is definitely the formula that will make sure you never bail tricks during your lines or your like biggest tricks that you have to do within the best trick section. Um, so, you know, you just got to work continuously work on new tricks as well to impress the judges. You know, there's lots of really talented skateboarders out there and it's hard to come up with tricks that are really going to impress the judges and reach that nine club score, which would be one of the highest scores that you can get in skateboarding. So, I mean, when you're out uh, practicing these tricks, it's not, you know, you're not some youngster mucking about and just playing around with a skateboard. You actually, there's certain tricks that you've got planned for, for competition that you need to, like you said, train and practice over and over to make sure, obviously, you nail them come competition time. 100%. So, yeah, that's, there's definitely two aspects of it because I started skateboarding when I was really young and it did start off as a hobby. So, there is also that aspect of me waking up every morning and, not feeling necessarily like it's a job, but really going out there and having fun every single day with what I'm doing. So there is a few days that I will be like, okay, cool. I'm not going to just work on my competition tricks and skate. I'm just going to have a fun day of free skating and express myself in the park and just flow and do whatever trick comes to mind really. Uh, but then there's other days that I will be like, okay, cool. I need to do this trick over and over and over again towards to the point that I'll be extremely consistent and know that I'll be able to land those tricks when competition time comes. Now, now when it comes to skateboarding, I believe that there's obviously a distinction between uh, street and park skateboarding. And am I right in saying it's street skateboarding is your specialty? 100%. So street skateboarding more includes the handrails and stairs, and it's more the obstacles that you would find within the natural environments of the world. 
So there's also a cultural aspect of skateboarding and that's where the roots of skateboarding is and that's in the streets. So um, we go out and we'll look for something that is built perfect to be skated, but the main purpose of it is not for skateboarding, um, obviously. And we would go out into the streets and we'll be like, okay, this is a nice handrail. Let me grind and do whatever trick that I know I'm comfortable with on this rail within the streets. And, you know, that's, that's really where the core of skateboarding comes from. And then the park aspect of skateboarding is more the bowls and it's just copings and different types of ramps that people can get air on and all that kind of stuff, where street skateboarding is a little bit more technical. Okay. And when it comes to the, to the Olympics, are you, are you, are you qualified for, for next year's Olympics, which was going to be this year's Olympics, or uh, does that still have to happen? Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, uh, so basically, when the whole coronavirus situation happened, they had to decide that they want to do season two again, because... Obviously, skateboarding within a year cycle, that's a lot of time for you to get better or people get to the point where they're going a little bit downhill, you know. And the industry, it's like always, always progressing and people are always getting better and pushing the limits of skateboarding. So they've decided to do season two again, um, which might start in March next year. I was actually on a conference call with World Skate um, two weeks ago, and they said that they're going to start around March next year. And hopefully they'll have a two or three month period to do season two again, in which we will have a world championship as well. And then they'll decide they'll have the final list of who's qualified. However, I am currently the top ranked African and South African skater in the world at the moment. So in the position that I'm in, I am qualifying, but we still have to do season two again. Okay, and when it comes to that qualification, Brandon, is there, is there a separate qualification for street skating and a separate one for, for park, or do you, you qualify for both categories? 100%. So because they're two completely different disciplines, um, you have the street skateboarding division and you have a park division where it's two separate complete competitions. Um, so, yeah, there, is, there, there isn't any African competitor at the moment in the park division, but there's about 10 of them that are skating in the street division. So, I mean, we don't really have the facilities in South Africa to compensate for the park division um, because the the park division, it's crazy. You must see the ramps are insane. The guys do insane stuff from America and Japan and the level of skateboarding in the park division is insane. Um, whereas in South Africa, we do have facilities that can compensate for the street division, um, which is why obviously I got into it because I grew up in South Africa and it's pretty much the obstacles that I saw and that's what I was able to train and practice on and just skate really from a really young age. Whereas there's other kids in America that have been skating big parks and big vert ramps and all that kind of stuff since the age of like eight or nine. So they very get, they get very comfortable with those obstacles from a young age. So, so you mentioned the, the, the Americans and the, and the Japanese. Are those among some of the, the strongest countries in the skateboarding? Are there other countries that perhaps uh, have that strength in the sport? Yeah, so there's the pretty much the main com uh, countries that have the best athletes would definitely be the United States, the Japanese, and the Brazilians. Those are, those are the three main countries that are, have the best athletes at the moment. Um, but also I would like to say South Africa, we definitely do also have you know, quality talent and the best athletes. And I feel like with all this time that I've been training and practicing, I really can do well in the Olympic Games. So, so your last world ranking, uh, Brandon, where, where, did, where did it pitch you? And do you have a separate ranking for, for street skateboarding and, and, and park skateboarding? Yeah, 100%. So there's two different rankings for both different disciplines. Um, but at the moment, I'm currently sitting at number 57 in the world.
Okay, let's uh, let's go back now. Let's let's flip this on its head and, and and get a sense of when you when you first got into skateboarding. Who were your early influences, and, and where did you start? So my dad and my brother always used to skate when they were younger in their days. So there was always a skateboard in the garage, um, and I mean, from the young age of three or four, there were photos of me just sitting on the board and going down the driveway. And you know, I feel like. Ever since that young age, I had the love for it and I always wanted to be on my board and my parents always wanted me to skate and all that kind of stuff. But um, we would always skate a little bit before we went and raced motocross bikes or went on the weekend to go ride bikes. And eventually my passion and my love for skateboarding grew more and more and my passion for motorbikes decreased. So I was like, okay, well, you guys can go and race motorbikes or go ride motocross bikes and all that kind of stuff. And I'll just stay home and keep skating. And from there, I just, my passion and my love for it grew more and more and more. And I mean, you know, I just kept skating and it was definitely my dad and my brother that got me into it. But I believe you played, uh, you played football, you played soccer and cricket as a youngster as well. And actually to, to quite a decent level. Yeah. So basically what happened was since I was young, there was always the, the, the cultural or the more normal sports that I had to do in school. And my brother and I used to be really really focused on getting better at soccer and cricket. And, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like those were my, it was really more just my love for sport from a really young age. And it taught me the discipline to get to the point where I am today. And um, yeah, I mean, football, I still love it today. If I could play some club football, I actually was thinking about doing it in terms of being more healthy and fit and be able to stay active when I'm not skateboarding and it just works different muscles in your body. Um, so I was thinking of getting back into club football, but obviously there is that little um, fear of me getting injured by playing football rather than skateboarding. Yeah. So, um, you know, I still want to get involved. But yeah, since since young, I've been playing the more um, the more normal sports in South Africa, per se. And um, yeah, to a pretty decent level, I would say as well. I played uh, karting, soccer and cricket um, going forward. So my brother also got to a point where he was playing pretty much also karting and regional level cricket. So, so at what point, you must have got to a point where you, you were playing decent level cricket and soccer, but uh, skateboarding was in your life. Did, did you have to make a call? Can, can you remember when you had that sense, listen, I need to make a call on, on focusing on skateboarding now? Yeah, so 100%. What actually happened was um, I was really young and I used to be sponsored by an energy drink company that um, held a competition in Kempton Park and on that same Saturday I had to play cricket but I was on a cricket scholarship at the school that I was at and a sports scholarship so my whole Saturday was pretty much just playing cricket the whole entire day a 50 over match and I really wanted to go to that competition because they wanted me to make an appearance and um, all the other cricket teams that were on the field they all finished really early at like 11 o'clock and they were all done. And I was like, wow, why did everybody, you know, they just got bowled out real quick and they won the match and whatnot. And the only team left on that field was my team. And I was there and I was a fast bowling person. And um, because I really rushed and I wanted to leave and go and skate the competition as well, I went and I changed quickly to a spin bowler. I was like, no, I need to try to get my overs done and quickly sorted so I can go skate yeah. this competition. And the more I wanted the game of cricket to end, the longer it was going. So, I mean, after that, I finished the game of cricket. I got in the car. I was rushing. I was like, Mom, let's go. We need to get to this competition. I want to go there now. And I got a phone call from the guys and they said, no, the competition's already over. And from that day, I was like, no, 
I don't want to play cricket anymore. I want to focus solely on skateboarding. And at the time, my parents were like, are you mad? They're paying for half your school fees. Why would you want to, you know, drop cricket when you would actually be, you know, you could have a career in cricket later on in your life. And I said to myself, mom, I could have a career in cricket, but I won't enjoy it. You know, so I started focusing a little bit more on my skateboarding. And from that point, I actually changed schools because they said, okay, well, if you're not enjoying it, you need a little bit more structure in your life. They sent me to boarding school. Uh, but the good thing is in boarding school, there was a skate park just down the road. And upon my arrival there, we spoke to the headmaster and I told them, I was like, guys, my focus is solely on skateboarding. I want to become a professional skateboarder. And while I was at the school, I actually won the South African championship when I was in grade 11, but I previously won one before that when I was in grade 10. So, I mean, yeah, that was pretty much the point that I was like, okay, cool. After I won my first South African championship, my dad said to me, okay, what's the next level? Do you want to move overseas? What do you want to do? And I said, well, we'll see, but I think I need to win the South African championship two times to be able to know that it wasn't luck. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I stayed and I finished my grade 10 year and then I moved schools and I won the South African championship again in grade 11. And from there, they told me, okay, cool. Well, you know what you can do now is maybe go to an overseas competition. And I got my first invitation to go skate an international contest. And I went over and I competed and I made the finals and did really well. And they said, okay, cool. You know what? You, you're getting invited to more competitions and they're starting to pay for a little bit of your accommodation and whatnot. And that's pretty much how the whole traveling and the career started, I would say, is from winning the South African champs and then getting invited to the international circuit and then performing over there. And then, yeah, it's just been pretty much invitations to more and more competitions because they want me out there. So, so you finish school, you win the South African Championships uh, a, a couple of times and uh, more regionally, domestically, the, the next step, I guess, w w was proving yourself as African champion in and amongst all the international travel as well. Am I right? 100%. So in 2017, the year after I finished school, um, there was the African Championship that happened in Cape Town. And it was my first competition being like, OK, cool, I'm competing against the whole of Africa. And it was a head to head format. So I qualified for the finals. And there were eight skaters, but then it was a head-to-head -head format. Um, there was also a skater from America and the Czech Republic that came and joined in um, upon invitation, I think. And it was more so just for the show of the event. Um, but they came in and they skated the competition. And I made it through to the finals and I skated against one of, at the time, the top South African skateboarders. Um, because I'd say that South Africa and Morocco are the two countries in Africa that have the best skateboarders. And I went against the toughest competitor as the underdog and I came out on top. So it was my first time being like, okay, cool. African champion as well in 2017 with two South African championships under my belt as well. And I was like, okay, cool. Now it's time for me to prove myself on an international level. All right, Brandon, let's, let's leave skateboarding aside for just, for, just for a minute and, and get a sense of who Brandon Valjalo is. Uh, obviously, this 22-year-old for me, kid, long-haired uh, kid that I'm looking at now. Yeah. Um, who are you away from, from, from the, the skateboarding park or track or whatever it is you, you like to call it? What, what are the things that you like to do away, for, away from skateboarding that obviously dominates your life and you spend a lot of time you know, practicing at it, but what are some of your likes and dislikes? So at the moment, I'm really enjoying playing some golf with my friends. Um, I went to an all-boys school, so... We have a very strong connection as a group of friends. So I definitely like hanging out with my friends a lot. Um, when I'm not hanging with my friends or playing golf or 
playing a little bit of soccer with my mates. Um, we'll be out and I'll be studying. If not that, um, I'll be, you know, <laughs> skateboarding at the end of the day or spending time with my family. Um, that's also really important for me. Or, you know, I think it's just important to be able to relax as well. I like to play some video games as well. Um, my mom doesn't really like that. I play a lot of PlayStation, but, you know, I find the time. And then obviously at the moment, well, since lockdown, actually, or the beginning of this year, I recently got a girlfriend from Pretoria. Yay. So I like a lot of time with her, you know. But at the end of the day, the main focus is always and will be on skateboarding. Um, but yeah, you know, I like to I like to diversify my time between the people that are really important to me, which includes friends and family and sports. You know, it's just the way that I like to bond with my friends. And and obviously, the the goal I would imagine is working up to those Olympics next year. You've got, you know, roughly a year um, to get yourself ready, and, and and hopefully, ideally, I would imagine peak next year come Tokyo, twenty twenty, taking place in twenty twenty one. Yeah, hundred percent. So that's the main goal. That's the main focus. Um, I've even put my studies a little bit to the side, so I won't be doing any modules next year. And I think the main focus is just going to be on training and pushing myself to that next level, so that I can bring home the gold medal for South Africa. Well, Brandon, uh, we wish you all the best and all the luck for, for the next year, prepping up to to the Tokyo Olympics uh, next year, and um, wishing you well for for the next twelve months. Cool. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Right, that was Brandon Valjalo, South Africa and Africa's top-ranked skateboarder, looking ahead to next year's Olympics in Tokyo. Uh, tune in for more At Home with Dylan Rogers interviews coming up soon.